his grace. Hebrews 11.6 tells us, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, here in Hebrews 11.6, it tells us that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I did a word study this week on the word diligent, you know, and if you put that word in the proper context of Hebrews 11.6, this ideal of people coming down the aisle, blowing bubbles and laughing and going on, uh, I don't think that's the proper way to do that. I don't doubt within myself that God blesses that but uh, everyone that is saved God has done some things he's done some things you know and I wrote down a few scriptures you know, in Mark eleven twenty three. for verily I say unto you that whosoever say unto this mountain be thou moved and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And there are several scriptures. But the main thing that we are to look at when we make the statement some things that faith in God has done for us, Jesus found me. I was lost on my way to hell and didn't know it. But if you look in Luke, the 19th chapter, Luke, the 19th chapter, we'll see here in verse 10, Luke 19 and verse 10. God says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Romans 3.11 says, There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Luke 15.24 says, For this my Son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be married. And we could read dozens of scriptures this morning that would show that we did not find Jesus. And the term, he found me, but that's Bible when he said, you know, Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He sought us out. God dealt with me before I ever had any dealings with him. Had no desire because a dead man has no desire to be saved. When he hears the word, the Spirit of God goes with that word, then something happens. So the first thing I can say, you know, when God saved me, Jesus found me. And he found me the way that he already knew that I was lost and undone. But praise God, everybody that Jesus 
seeks, he finds, and everyone he finds, he fixes them. Jesus fixed me. If you notice in Psalms 57 and verse 7, this is a very simple uh, lesson, but one that I've used a lot on visitation, one that I've used a lot. I'm talking about the thoughts, you know, in in Psalms uh, 57. After Jesus found me, he said in Psalms 57, 7, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Everyone that is saved, we all may praise different ways, but we will all praise him because such a wonderful thing has happened to us. We praise him by being obedient. We praise him by talking to him. We praise him by telling others about that. You know, Jesus is worth our conversation. He's worth what we do. Now, in Psalms 112, just uh, in, in verse 7, the psalmist said, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. I believe with this virus, like any other sickness, any other thing that may come upon us, saved people handles it different. I believe saved people handle sickness different. Now, you may did disagree, but we know that we got an appointed time to go be with the Lord. I think that's so important for us to know that and base our actions upon that. See, the one trouble in churches is heart trouble. And I'm not talking about a physical heart. I'm talking about a spiritual heart. All right, that is one of the main troubles in our churches. So our churches is made up of saved people. Visitors are not part of the church. They are welcome, but you got to be saved and be scripturally baptized to be a member of his church. Now, that is hard for independent Baptists to preach because most people don't know the difference between the church and the family and the kingdom. Everybody, when God, I was part of the family that Tuesday morning when God saved me. But it was a couple, three weeks later that I became a part of his church because baptism adds you to the church. So Jesus forgave me. Still in the book of Psalms, let's turn over to Psalms 103. Psalms 103, verse 3. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who heareth all thy disease. Out on the visitation or making visits anywhere, you come across a lot of different situations. But I've talked to people over the years that said, you know, I'm too sinful to be saved. 
See, and what they don't understand, if I've got 10,000 sins, and Brother Steve only had one, if he wasn't forgiven for that one, we'd both run up in hell. And the only difference would be, and a lot of people don't agree with this, but there's different degrees in hell as there are in heaven. If you're saved, you're going to go to heaven whether you're in the bride or not. If you're saved, you're going to heaven whether you're in the church or not. But if you fully understand the bride of Christ and how God forgives in relation to us asking him. You know, God said in the book of Ephesians, you know, chapter 1 and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. God said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of grace. Now, if you want to talk to anybody about salvation, you should always use Ephesians 1.7 in there somewhere. Because what it tells us, in whom we have redemption through his blood, and redemption is to redeem, to take a lost person and make them as if they had never sinned. And that happens through the blood. We have the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So Ephesians 1.7 and many other scriptures tells us that it's all through him. He initiated it and he'll finish it. And anyone that we have heard, and I always say, I hope you're right, I, let's, let's pray to that end, but people have called me after I talk to somebody in the family, and they'll call me and say, I believe the Lord is working on it. Well, you know, that's a good feeling. But one thing about it, if God is working on you, he'll finish the job. He never starts. He never starts. But a lot of people have an emotional feeling. I was very emotional. But yet, when you get away from the church atmosphere, you get away from those who you believe are saved back into the world. That's why that, you know, you that work in a factory on the line, it is tough. I spent 15 years on the line. I mean, you know, and it's just cussing and cussing and bragging on what they did last night, and all that silliness. But God blessed me. The next 15 years, I was in a lab, and probably 70% of the time, I was there by myself. And people would come and say, I feel sorry for, for you. Probably heard every sermon that Charles Stanley preached for five, six years while I was in that lab, because I... Listen, I could have the radio on. See, God prepares you. He knew what I needed. But Jesus forgave me. And when I was thankful, you know, and 
I believe God blesses so many times according to how thankful we are for our blessings, what he's done for us. Notice in Acts 13, Acts the 13th chapter, and the 38th verse. God said, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. Now, if you're going to be forgiven of your sins, you've got to hear preaching about Jesus Christ, what he did, and who he did it for. That is so important when we look at this. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you forgiveness of sins, which he is saying there's only one man that we can get forgiveness, and that's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's the only one. Now, when we look at that, you know, by him all that believe are justified from all things. You know, I'm not sure whether I did when God first saved me that I had the understanding that I wish I had had that I was that Tuesday morning when God saved me. After that, I was perfect in his sight. You know, I can't imagine because I looked in my past life, you know, and it wasn't nothing perfect. But see, Christ covered every sin I ever did, was going to do, would do in the future, would do today or tomorrow. He covered that. So we are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law. You know, I, I tried. I really do. I try to be a law keeper as far as, you know, I, I, but I can't keep the law. And you can't keep the law. But Jesus forgave. That's the only, what I'm saying, we need to preach and live as if others can see what Christ has done and acknowledge, you know. If you see any good in me, I've been listening to Brother that we got all the tapes from here a couple, three years ago, you know, to Brother Smith. And, you know, he he just got so many songs that on those albums, if y'all still got them and still play them, I mean, it's it's just like preaching, you know. Every sin, you know, he paid for. And Satan accuses me. But he can't get through the barrier. You know, he forgives, he forgave, and they were covered in red. Every sin. 
is covered in red or covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I could listen to, to that man, you know, plus he preaches. Every time he sings, he preaches. Jesus freed me. You know, I'm free in Jesus. Church membership won't free you. Being good won't free you. You know, because people, people in general will disappoint you. Will disappoint you. But Jesus himself will never disappoint you. All we got to do is find out what is God's will for my life and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. I will go for you. I will do for you. Why? Because Jesus freed me. In the gospel of John, in the gospel of John, the eighth chapter, the eighth chapter, in the 32nd verse, notice what God says. He says, and he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, think about this, sir. If I was up here preaching that you had to be baptized, you had to do this, or you had to stop doing this, then you wouldn't be free if you believe that. But when you follow the Lord, God said, and he shall know the truth. Everyone that Christ forgave, they now know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever thing that I or you or somebody have to do, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. You know. Christ will set you free of whatever that is if you yield to it. Same chapter of John, but the 36th verse. God said, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, he shall be free indeed. Not like the lady I speak of every once in a while, and and you know, and I was talking to Brother George died this week, and and I asked him about this this lady, and he said, "Well, she's changed from time to time, and and she makes a profession of faith, but she doesn't come back, you know, until there's another meeting or something happens." See, that's not salvation. That is emotion. When God saves you, as the Lord tells us here in his word, you know, uh, in John eight thirty six, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I'm free. I don't mean I won't slip up. It don't mean that I won't still sin. 
but I'm not going to walk in sin. I'm not going to be the person I was before God saved me. Because of what? Because he that is in me is stronger than this body. It's a fight, you know, before it became, you know, hate crime, I guess. We always used, used to preach. The, the Brother Bill preached it. I heard Brother Al Gormley preached it, you know. Just the white dog and the black dog, which are one you say sicken to. Well, we may not be able to use those terms without getting ridiculed, but it's, are we going to follow Christ or are we going to follow self? You can't follow both. You cannot follow both. So God tells us as we go to the book of Romans, you know, and we see what God says here in this book, in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 4. Now, notice here. Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law. Now, it doesn't mean there are no more laws. There are still laws. But Christ is the end of law keeping in order to be saved. So he said, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. You can't be righteous. The only way I can get to heaven is for me to be rightness. We use the word righteousness. I've got to be right with the Lord. That's the only way I can enter glory. But he says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. It's that simple. I became a child of God by believing that Christ died for me. Now, once you are saved, once you submit to baptism and you're in a church, then there becomes a learning process. But you were saved the moment that you believed that Christ died for you, was buried for you, and arose for you. Along with that, you know, there are things that happen. That baby inside of a mom. I know several young ladies that have let me know that they were with child. And uh, we discussed things. My wife discussed things with them. But, you know, that baby may be chicken and jerking and doing all that in, inside. But when that baby comes forth, the baby will do things it never done while it was in the womb. We will do things for Christ that we never done before when we grow in grace and in knowledge. In the book of, of John chapter 
11. Book of John chapter 11. You know, when we get to look at scriptures and we see what God has done for us. Notice John 11 verse 44. we look at this John chapter 11 verse 44 and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin Jesus said unto them loose him let him go Lazarus was dead. Been dead some four days. And there was a reason Christ hesitated. He wanted to make sure the two sisters knew that their brother was dead. But when Christ spoke, Lazarus came forth. No difference than if you're saved today when Christ spoke to you. Christ spoke to you. He that was dead came forth. Up until that very second that Christ called my name, I was dead. If I died a second before he saved me, I'd went to hell. But he's a long time God. Jesus furnished me. You know, a lot of people are afraid that they can't live it. And I've used this man many times before. You sat right on the front second seat where Steve's at on the other end. Donald Ritchie. Donald told me time and time and time again, I'm afraid I can't live it. And I said, I can help you. You can't live it by yourself. And neither can I or anyone else. But if God really saves you, he will teach you, he will guide you, he will bless you. And if you cannot get over that rebellious state. God doesn't, doesn't mean that God didn't save you. You have a premature death. And we can preach on there is a sin unto death. That's clear. It's not, I'm not talking about the unpardonable sin. There's a sin unto death. If I know something is wrong and I continue to do it year after year after year, or it may be week after week or day after day, I don't know what God's timetable is, but if he saved you and you refuse to do these simple things, God said, there is a sin unto death. You'll lose your life, but you won't lose your soul. Why people are 
I've never heard that before. Well, there's a lot of reasons. But uh, Psalms 78 and verse 19, Psalms 78 and verse 19. Notice here. When we look at this in Psalms, the 78th verse, or 78th chapter, excuse me, in the 19th verse, Psalm 78, verse 19. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Now, we can give you the, the background. But how many times are, do we ask, Can God take care of this problem? Can God heal that cancer? Can God heal that heart? Can God? Well, I serve a can-do God. He can do whatever he wants to, when he wants to, but he'll do it on his timetable. But he furnishes me. God gives me everything that I need to serve him. It may not be the quantity. It may not be the quality. It may not be a lot of things but it is sufficient. It is sufficient. You know, uh, last few weeks I've talked to some people in Nicholas County and, you know, they lost their house and, you know, they got six kids. And she's looking at me with tears in her eyes. She said, I feed them all we got, but it's not sufficient. You know. Well, you said, that's not yours. If I can go to the right people to get them some help, because I know that Nicholas County, along with a lot of other poor counties, has got abundance of supplies furnished from the government. Why isn't it given to all people? Well, I could make some, some calls, do some place, and get some food in that house. But the main thing is there's a wife and five kids that are lost. Jesus not only furnished the food, he may use me or you or an organization, but he furnished the sinner with salvation, with scripture, with saints, with strength. You know, it evidently won't help my status or it won't help your status as part of, of the church, but that's what we do if we can. And that takes getting involved. As we prepare to close, Jesus fights for me. He fights my battle. First 
1 Samuel 17, 42 said, And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and rowdy and of fair countenance. Probably a little skinny, pale guy, you know. But look what God did. Look what God did with him. God uses sometimes people, things, situations that we would never think he could use. All we got to do is be willing. We got to be willing. Lord, here am I. Send me. See, the, the Lord shall fight for you and he shall hold your peace. You know, we got to realize that uh, Jesus, little old saying, and we used to have the little sign when the kids of Bible school, he's still working on me. You know, I'm in my mid-70s and God's still working on me. He's not finished. Philippians 1.6 said, being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a work, he will perform it. See, if if God has called you out of darkness, you've seen your need of being saved, God will finish that work. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, Father, for the privilege and opportunity to be here this morning. We ask you, Father, to bless those that are sick and not able to be here, those that are fighting the COVID with seriousness, Father. We ask that you may comfort them even as we speak. We ask all of this in your blessed and holy name, for it's because of you we are. Amen.